All right, well, this is Joseph Lewigs. I'm here with Tim Spamberg. Hey. And we are really glad to be here. This is our final podcast of How to Read Our Bible. It's been a journey. Just really thankful for everyone who has listened and been a part. We we asked a lot from our church to do this and be a part of this. And and it's been a really a really special experience. It's been fun. It's it's grown us in lots of different ways, even just with technology. Um, and before we get into it, I just want to begin by letting you guys know how thankful we are for Stephen Barry. He's sitting at this table with us right now. He has edited all these podcasts. He's showed up to record them. He's been a huge gift. He's made Tim and I sound way better than we do because we're <laughs> we're clearing our throats and saying ums all the time, and he's editing that out. And so we're just really, really grateful for Stephen. And so I want to put that on the podcast and say that. And there was much rejoicing. And so this is our, our last session, and we've had uh, different people on this podcast talking about their experience reading the Bible. And so we thought we would love to end talking about how how we experience reading the Bible, what, what that journey has been like for us. But before we do, Tim has one last joke for us. <laughs> I don't, actually. What? I, it's too late to... <laughs> It's too late for me to come with a joke on the fly. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> I actually have a really good knock-knock joke, but it's not going to work on the podcast. All right, just do it. We no, need you it. Have to, it requires finger movement, and I can't explain. What kind of knock-knock joke is finger movement? All right, so here's the thing. Okay, so you put your index finger up like you're pointing All right, up. so the people listening do it, too. All right, yes. That's what I'm, that's what I'm explaining. All right, okay. so you point it to the sky, and then you just, just whirl it around in a circle. I can't. Right. Oh, you, your hand. Yeah. So knock-knock. Who's there? Woo. <laughs> Woo who? <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> you told this to a couple of elementary aged kids and they, they didn't find it funny at all. I kids, was there for kids that. Always, kids always hate that joke. Is it because it requires a sophisticated intellect to get it or? I don't think they understand what is truly funny yet. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that is true. But they but they laugh at so many things, though. I think it's because it cuts it off soon. Right? It's, it's normally, true. Normally, it's you know you say woohoo, and then there's another part of the joke, but it just ends right. abruptly. Oh, like, see, you came up with it, man. We're all laughing. <laughs> I can I can hear the listeners laughing now. <laughs> you serious? All right, Tim, lead us off, man. We're really asking two questions. The first one is just, what is your personal experience reading the Bible? And the second one is, what are you doing right now? But we'll, we'll just start with the first. What has been your experience reading the Bible? And you're, you're a pastor, you did seminary, which may have ruined you or helped you, who, who knows? But yeah, what, what's your journey like right now? One thing that has kind of always been my experience is what works today might not always be what I want to do a year from now. And so I think not being legalistic or or afraid of change in your own posture of how you read the Bible. So if you have, you know, if you have a really powerful good Bible time right now, like don't change it. But if you find yourself like I don't know, in a place where it just it it feels a little dull, you're missing something, then change it. And there's so many different ways to pursue the Bible um, and reading it that there's lots of options on the table. So I think that's the big thing is it's my Bible reading, you know, for a while I was I was really focused on going very slow and memorizing scripture. For a while, I was doing the the Murray McShane version, which is basically like you're reading, you read through the whole Bible in a year. It's a few Old Testament chapters, New Testament, and then a Psalm. 
you know, so a bunch of different stuff. But the big thing is there, you know, just feel free to be creative, whether it's go really slow and read a few verses at a time or read large chunks of scripture. I think both methods of reading are important. And basically what I'm saying is no, no one way is the right way to encounter God's word. What is most important is that you're bringing your heart to the Lord in reading his word and not just wanting to read words on a page, but wanting to have God reveal himself to you through his word. So that's my overall experience. What's your overall experience? Hold on. I want to, I want to press in on you real quick because you did the pastor move. What? Which is you went into like telling other people how they can read differently. But I want to know, Tim, for you. What I'm doing right now? Yeah. Well, I guess we're getting into what we're doing right now, but I want to say that was all really helpful stuff. And I think really true stuff and stuff that I was going to hit on. So I'm glad you did. But but what is your personal experience? Not instructions to us, but Tim Spamberg's <laughs> love or non-love for reading his Bible or, or narrative when it comes. Yeah, or I, maybe that was the summary version. I probably have the record of committing to reading the Bible through in a year and then not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think we all we all have. <laughs> no, I think I I think I have the most. <laughs> I think I'm the best at being the worst at trying to read the Bible because you just you hit you hit Leviticus or you hit yeah it's sort of like deciding at the beginning of a year what I'm going to do for a full year and that can be good but I've just found there's a point in the year when it's like this isn't doing it for me right. and I need to move into a different type of reading right so that that's probably one answer is I've just kind of always failed at the Bible in a year plan and then the other is the Psalms have just become very central to my experience of reading the Bible. But early on, they weren't. I didn't like the Psalms yeah. early on because, one, they talk about enemies so much. Yeah. Uh, it was like, what? what's wrong with these people? Like, yeah. They got, they got a don't lot they of enemies. they love their enemies? That was one. And then, too, I, I don't think I understood the nature of the Psalms as being written by someone who was himself a warrior in David. And I had to open myself up to both the experience of the world David had, which was of war and violence and real threats to his life. And then secondly, like his real ability to open himself up before the Lord in raw and honest ways. And I think for many of us, like that's just really difficult to do. Or at least for those of us like me, it's harder to do. I want to read at arm's length. Yeah. And the Psalms just don't let you do that. I don't think you can do that with Job and read it correctly. Um, but I think there's other parts. You can kind of read it and it's like, oh, that's a nice little verse. I'll write that down. It's totally. good. You just can't do that with the Psalms. The more I've experienced life, the more the Psalms have just rung true to me mm-hmm. and given me an experience of who God is and who I am before God. That's pretty powerful. But it didn't start that way. Yeah. Because I wasn't ready for them. Yeah. And I think that's probably true. There's books we open up that we're just not ready for. But that 10 years from now, you may reopen that book and go back and read it, and it hits you in ways that are incredibly fresh and real. My big experience with the Bible is probably not liking most of it. <laughs> and then it's speaking to my own experience of the world in really powerful ways. Yeah. All right. I appreciate you expanding on that. Yeah, There's a good. lot of good stuff in that. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I would describe my experience as like a love-hate relationship. And I wanted to share that too because I don't know what people think we're doing as pastors. But man, sometimes I, I I'm just having the best time ever reading scripture. Coming across verses and sections, whether it's prophets or I'm I'm in a letter or in a gospel where the Lord is I'm just being moved by a vision of God. And that that's normally what gets me more than anything else is just like seeing Jesus 
in a fuller way or, or hearing him interact. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I want that. I'm so glad that's who Jesus is. This is, I'm speaking to the uniqueness of someone who I'm, I'm paid to study the Bible. I, I went to school for seven years studying the Bible. And so there's times where I sit down and not, not that it feels like homework, but I still don't know what to do. You know, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll be like, okay, should I be, should I be thinking about the historical context? Like, how do, how does this connect to other, other pieces of scripture? You know, I, I, I don't, I don't know how to just sit and, and, and receive it or how to piece together being spiritually engaged and really, and really mentally engaged. Like I struggle with putting those things together. And sometimes reading scripture is just, it's really dull. And I'll feel bad about that. Or, you know, I'll talk to my buddy who's just getting lit up by scripture. And I'm like, man, what is he doing? I want to be doing that. And it kind of gets to what what you were saying is that I've learned that I just need different things at different times. I love just sitting and being in the Greek. And obviously that's not something that everyone's going to be able to do. But but I'll say I love being slow. I love just looking at every word because I have to slow down. I'm thinking about the, the different cases and the tense of the verb and and I'm moving slow, and that's giving me life. And other times, like going through the Greek is is a nightmare. It's exhausting. I, I read two verses, and I'm done. You know, sometimes I'd said this in one of the lessons that probably I spend most of my time in Gospels and in Prophets because in Gospels, I just always feel like I need more of Jesus. I need to see him. I, I, need, I need him. And then the prophets for me are so unique because I, I feel like I'm uniquely hearing the voice of God, right? You have God speaking through these prophets, what his mind is, what, what his thoughts are. That's different than just story like Genesis. I can't remember the last time I read Genesis. And so it, it's this love-hate relationship. I need things at different times. And so that's kind of my, my history and my experience. And I love discovering new things. And for other people, that's not going to be what revs their engines. Like to me, studying scripture, writing a paper on scripture, writing a sermon, like that makes me feel alive with, with the text. I love that. Where I struggle with is engaging it emotionally. Like hearing you talk about the Psalms, I'm like, Ugh, gosh, that's <laughs> I, I have a really hard time with that. But that's because that's an error in my own self, which is I have a hard time being present to my own emotions. So hopping into a text that talks about anger or joy or all these things, I'm like, I'm not there. I don't, I don't even know how to get there. And so people's personalities, they're going to connect to Scripture in different ways. And for me, doing rigorous study fires me up. Um, all right, so you wake up tomorrow morning and you're going to read your Bible. What are you doing? What does it look like? Is it literally tomorrow? Yeah, it's literally tomorrow or- morning. Okay, so literally tomorrow morning. Well, part of it is I have a sermon coming up, so I might go to that passage. But I'm, I'm in between things. So I, I spent a lot of time in Psalm 119. And I think where I'm going right now is to the Gospel of Mark with First Samuel and Second Samuel. There's this interesting idea I wanted to think about in terms of vulnerability. Why, why is Jesus, why is God attracted to the vulnerable? And that shows up early in 1 Samuel with Hannah's song. And then, you know, First and Second Samuel is the setting up of the kingdom of God. And so looking at the life of David in the midst of that in connection to Hannah's song, and then how the Gospel of Mark connects to the life of David. Because the Gospel of Mark is really actually dark and heavy. 
it basically ends with Jesus being abandoned by everybody. I mean, the actual ending of Mark is the women go and see the grave and it's empty. Yeah. The end. And they're afraid, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. And they're afraid. Yeah, that's how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a really dark, like it, it progresses just into darkness. So I'll have to say, that's where I'm going. My personal reading time is not always that rigorous of a question. But part of it is it's part of a larger project that I'm working on. How much are you reading? What does that time look like? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I feel like I have to describe what my mornings actually look like. I don't know if this is ridiculous or not. We're going to find out. So I wake up and I do some reading of a different book. And I do some writing on that. And then I'll do some other things in my morning. Once I'm more awake, then that's when I'll go to my scripture reading. And so honestly, it just depends on how much my heart can handle. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but sometimes I can just blaze through a couple of chapters and sometimes I'll come upon one one scene, maybe even one verse, and I just, I can't get past it. And I just have to sit on it. One of the greatest analogies I've heard about our hearts is they're like Dixie cups. And when it comes to learning theology and talking about scripture is it's like a fire hose shooting into a little Dixie cup. And my heart is just not capable of handling that much. And I wish, I wish I could handle more. I wish I could receive more from the Lord at times. And I'm trying to grow in that. But I don't know. It could be, it could be 10 chapters of Samuel or it could be 10 verses. It's hmm. good. Is it? I don't know. Uh, I, feel, uh, I feel insecure. Like I mean, I started, like by saying, I started by saying uh, whatever you do, like just pursue it. Yeah. So I feel like if I was like, no, nah, that's not good, then that I would know, be, you'd be, I'd be contradicting myself. You would be. Yeah, so what about you? Tomorrow morning, or, or maybe you don't even start reading until, I don't who knows when. Yeah, that's where I start my day. I mean, I, I brew coffee first, but then then it's Bible time. And I'm, I'm doing two primary things right now. One is, like you, having had time in the Greek, uh, which is unique. It's a seminary experience. I'm going through First John very slowly. Hmm. So don't have to preach it. It's not even on our radar to preach at this point. So there's no work involved in terms of First John, although I did bring it into a sermon a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but just letting the Lord speak. And, and was interested in First John because of the theme of love that's present. I, I feel like we're a culture that doesn't love very well. And so I want to dwell on that for a yeah. little bit. I mean, the book starts with John's stressing that he was physically present with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I, that just, that kind of moves me. And I, I'd read in Richard Bauckham's Jesus and the Eyewitnesses how important John's ministry was late into his life with people who moved, you know, who we have their writings, who said John talked about life with Jesus late into his life. And so First John sort of brings alive the early church experience for me in a, in a unique way. So mm. I'm working very slowly through First John and the Greek and then, uh, do you read it with purely Greek, or do you have like your ESV next to it as well? I train. I mean, I translate it, and I'm always checking it against the ESV and yeah. the Message and a bunch of different different translations. But yeah. I'm starting purely purely in the Greek. Yep. So that's First John, and then I'm I'm working my way through a devotional called Living the Christian Year, which is scripture readings tied to the traditional Christian year. So the Christian year does not begin January first; it begins in Advent, and Advent's the opening season. Then you move into Epiphany, and then Epiphany moves into Lent. So we're in Lent now, and so I have scripture readings tied to hmm. how the church has traditionally processed Lent. So last week my readings were um, much around 
the temptation narrative of Jesus, as well as the role of Satan in the broader world. So getting a lot of those types of passages. And so I'll typically have one or two scriptures from that book to read in the day. And then I always read a psalm a day as well. So like this morning, it was uh, Psalm 42 and 43, which is only one psalm, even though it's two psalms. That was probably just one psalm when it was first written. So I'll do a little bit of time in First John, something from Living the Christian Year, and then a psalm. And, uh, and I just write down whatever verses most landed with me in my journal. Might write a verse from First John, might write something from the psalm or the other scripture I read. And then, and then just take that before the Lord. And my morning prayer time is really just a so whatever comes to mind, I put it before God, and it's really more a prayer of a time of presence um, with God. Where I'm not, I'm not trying to pray through a list. I have different times to do that. I'm not trying to intercede for anything or any, make anything happen. I'm just trying to to be present before God with just how I'm experiencing the world and what I'm feeling, and letting Him attend to those. So yeah, that's what that's what my scripture time looks like right now. Yeah, it's really rich. I love that. There's there's multiple things in that, right? There's your own personal study, and then you're, there's that connection to the church calendar. And kind of, in a certain sense, I don't know if you experience this way, but but reading Scripture with other people, even even though you, obviously you're on your own, but mm-hmm. but you're, you're following a calendar that, that other people have done and are doing. Yeah. And there's something really powerful about that, reading Scripture in community in a unique way. So I, I think... You know, as we wrap up the series of verse, we we began this journey around uh, transformation. The goal of reading scripture is is transformation, and primarily, what that means is is love. And I was thinking about that as you're talking about First John, mm-hmm. that we'd love God and that we would love others more. And if you guys have learned anything, take away that that when you open up your Bible, that you first encounter a God who loves you. And that that moves you to love him back and love others well. And so with that then, I'm going to read to you from 1 Timothy 1.5, where it says this, The goal of our instruction, right from Scripture, is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So may that be more true for us, for me, for those listening that we would read with the goal of having love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and growing in a sincere faith. Thanks for being on this journey with us. Provide us some feedback if you have any. But thanks. Peace.